Previously on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. They've gotten better in ever since my pep talk. Yeah. And ever since my it's free advice. It's your fault. It is my fault. I woke them up. If, if Michigan beats Ohio State, that's on me. Yeah, it is. Totally on you. Because I apparently caused a stir up in Michigan. Harbaugh was out of ideas. Giving him truth. At halftime of the Penn State game, he was out of ideas. He was like, all right, call up the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Play the Spielman pep talk. (laughs) Yes, uh, it's on you, my friend. It's all on you if this uh, goes south this weekend. You know, you uh, have no excuse. You've awakened Michigan. They are uh, full of themselves now. They're throwing touchdown passes against Indiana, and they think they have uh, life figured out as they get ready to host number... Uh, what two one Ohio two State? Right now, Did we right. see enough? Well, I mean two now, but uh, you know by the time we get to Saturday, could the Buckeyes be number one after that twenty eight seventeen win over Penn State? Well, first of all, I think uh, Michigan's better than Penn State. I don't know what, what? you. I think Michigan's better than you. Don't think Michigan's better than Penn State? No, I think they're much better, especially offensively, than Penn State. Okay, Penn State didn't really throw uh, pose a threat offensively. Not till uh, against Ohio not State. Not till Will the Thrill Levis came in the game, at least. Uh, come the on, backup quarterback. <laughs> that was like, why is he the backup? He looks better than the yeah, guy you like, not, Sean Clifford. He's not better than the guy that I like. There's a Did reason they have why more he's success? a backup. Yeah, because Ohio State fumbled the ball, and yeah, he was true. able to get established a little bit of a quarterback run, which is very true. There's not going to beat Ohio State. No. No. So I, I just uh, there's more explosive players on Michigan. You would agree with that. I mean, when you have yes, I would agree with Nico that. Collins and, and at receiver uh, there are yeah, not a running back, not running back, but at receiver there's more explosive uh, players, and you have a quarterback that's playing at a really high level, and the offense is starting to get going a little bit for Michigan, and the offensive line is not bad defensively. They're pretty athletic, and play pretty hard. So it's going to be a more difficult game than it was against Penn State. It's on the road, and I do think that, uh, you know, I don't know if, if the fact that they haven't beaten Ohio State is going to help Ohio State or hurt Ohio State. I don't know how Michigan's going to respond, but... I don't know how it could help you if you've lost, what, eight in a row? Seven because you're row, tired of losing, track. and they're good athletes, and they're competitive, and the coaches of Michigan aren't idiots. So they're going to have a good game plan. It's just going to be uh, how they respond. But I'm telling you, this is a different Michigan team than we saw earlier in the year since the pep talk. They're since a different team. Talk. Yeah. They, right. what, and they're and the quarterback is playing at a really high level, Bruce. And I know everybody, blah, blah, Indiana, this, that. Doesn't matter. Some of the throws he's making are on time and on target to really good skill guys. So our secondary is going to be tested at a level that has not been tested at this year. I'm just telling you okay. to be, be aware. All right. Well, here's my response to that. Number one, you talk about Shea Patterson. And first of all, welcome everyone to the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast, a M- Monday Michigan Week edition. Uh, we've we're not we've not moved on from the Penn State win. We'll get to the Penn State win, but because the game ahead of us is the Michigan game, and because it's um, it's not for the Big Ten East, do you think it's for a playoff berth? Well, Ohio State can lose this game and still go to the playoff. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they yeah, can still go I to the playoffs. I think they can, too. If they I win the Big Ten Championship. They win the Big Ten Championship. What they, how impressive they've been all yeah. year. There's no way you're going to keep them out. The committee loves them, and they should love them. Uh, the Penn State win was not a uh, – didn't cover, but they would have. How good are the Vegas guys? They just didn't know that Justin Fields was going to fumble the ball 
a yeah. yard from going into the end zone because if he didn't do that and everything else held, which it may not have, I think they would have won by more had they been up 28 nothing. But they would have won by 18, and the line was 18. I mean, those guys are amazing. They, they are amazing. It's the, I mean, come on, dude. That's just crazy they <laughs> nailed that line like that. Now, Ohio State's an 11-point favorite. I've seen it 8 points. I've seen it 11. I've seen it 12. I've seen it 10. So let's say 10-11. Ohio State, 10-11-point favorite at Michigan. And they won at Indiana on Saturday, and Shea Patterson threw five touchdown passes. Okay, so I did all the research yesterday on Shea Patterson. Over his last eight games, he's completing 61% of his passes. Four teams in the Big Ten are completing passes at a higher rate than that. He still missed throws on Saturday, missed and, he missed throws. Thro- and he missed throws in last year's Ohio State game. You and I love quarterbacks who are what? Accurate. accurate. Right. And I don't think he's accurate enough. And by the way, he had all day to throw against Indiana, and he's not going to have that Saturday. Well, I agree with you there. Uh, I just think it's – I think that they're a dangerous team. I think they're uh, – Offensively, they're more of a threat. I think they're better guys with run after catch. They're not going to face a team with run after catch like these guys. And so it's just going to be a different challenge. And I like it because it's only going to prepare them for the Big Ten championship game, which I do think they'll be playing Minnesota, who have two NFL wide receivers yep. on their team. They're and a team a, I would respect. And a quarterback that's yeah. playing out of his mind. Yeah. And so I just def- defensively, I don't think they can hold up against Ohio State, but. That being said, I think this is the Penn State game came at the exact right time. The test, the bounce, are responding uh, against turnovers, all that stuff. Ohio State needed to have that test. They have it. Now they're going to go on the road. They're going up there with extreme confidence. Uh, The other most impressive thing to me about that uh, Penn State game, and you're going to need this throughout the playoff run, you think back, and I heard Joel Klatt say this during the uh, broadcast, Imagine what J.K. Dobbins' numbers would have been if he would have played the second half of yeah, football games exactly. this year. Right? But I watched a kid go for 36 carries and yep. not wear down. Yeah. And so the benefit of him not playing in the second half, and that's what he's going to need to do as Ohio State makes its run through the Michigan game, the Big Ten championship game, and the playoffs, is a guy's going to have to probably touch the ball 30 to 35 times a game, and and Justin Fields, in my opinion, is going to need at least 15 quarterback runs off the zone read uh, 15 to 20 times a game for this offense to be at its peak and most efficient. Uh, Career-high 36 carries for J.K. Dobbins on Saturday. Career-high 21 carries for Justin Fields on Saturday. Uh, Penn State cut a 21-0 lead to 21-17 in the third quarter. Here is Ryan Day after the game with Jenny Taft of Fox on the field talking about the adversity that Ohio State faced and how they responded to it. Well, there was a point in the game where they had the momentum and we brought the team up and said, anytime you get into a big fight, you're going to take punches. And we were taking punches at that point. And then we responded. And the defense did an unbelievable job. You know, I'm just uh, I'm disappointed that we didn't play cleaner, but I knew this game was coming because we hadn't been challenged like this. We got a really good team at Penn State, and they did a great job, and they challenged us, but I thought we responded in a big way. Yeah. They did respond in a big way, offensively with a touchdown drive and a throw to Chris Olave, and defensively with your uh, flashes of fun picture-perfect play of the day. Levis looking over the middle, and intercepted! Justin Hilliard just takes it out of the air! 
Nice play there by yeah. Justin Hilliard, a kid who's had a lot of adversity in his career with injuries and things like that. He made a really nice interception there, and that was the end of Penn State. They had driven down to maybe respond to the 28-17 uh, lead. They were at the Ohio State 20, and Justin Hilliard gets a turnover, <laughs> and that was the end of that. Just the depth at Ohio State, all of a sudden, Justin Hilliard. I know. You would, you would think, oh, a linebacker's going to make a play. Okay, Malik Harrison, Baron Browning, Pete Werner, Tough Borland. No, yeah. no, 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 Justin Hilliard. And um, to me, that was the advantage of having a backup quarterback in there because he had no idea where he was throwing the ball. In my mind, he, he was, it was uh, predetermined in his brain mm-hmm. where he was throwing the football before he actually saw the field. Uh Here's one thing that I, I think that Michigan will not do that Penn State did, and uh, I thought Joel and Gus or somebody pointed this out, and probably those two, but why are why are you leaving your tackle on the road one-on-one against Chase Young? Seriously, why are you doing that? At or, least, or none on Chase Young. There was a play he got a sack where nobody well, touched sometime it. Sometimes that's, that's a, a mental just a, yeah. a mental breakdown yeah. or a lock, lack of communication in, in but pass But again, protection. he's Chase Young. Like, well, don't you think, well, like, you're, you're accounted gotta, for him all the yeah. time, but you just can't leave him one on. I mean, Crazy. here's at the very least, I don't think Harbaugh will do that because you can't put your kid in that position because he's going to make something happen. And Chase has such a knack of, and this has cost him a sack, another sack on Saturday. Uh, he has a great knack, uh, just like Khalil Mack did yesterday, of going and knocking the football yeah. out. I he mean, sometimes goes for the ball before he worries about getting the quarterback yeah, on the ground. And, and I. Quite frankly, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, I do think turnovers, are, yeah, huge turnovers are huge, and usually if you're that close to the quarterback, all right, so you missed the sack, but somebody else is, is normally there, at least in Ohio State's case. So I look for Michigan to probably chip him with a running back, and what I mean by that is mm-hmm. that a running back will come to the outside shoulder of the pass rusher and kind of knock him into an advantageous position for the offensive tackle to at least mm-hmm. give him a chance. The problem with Chase is that he – what makes his best pass move uh, to me is he can dip that shoulder, so he comes at you with such speed, a great get off, so that offensive lineman is in the back pedal. Then he'll get that edge, knock that outside arm down, and dip that shoulder, and really turns a corner really well. I mean, he's just uh, and he's playing on a mission, and, and I love to see a guy that in front of him, millions of dollars are waiting for him, but he's such, he's playing at such a high level now, and that's uh, that's the beauty of Chase Young, in my opinion. Uh, he has your single season sack record now at 16 and a half. And uh, he's, in my mind, he's not out of the woods of getting the uh, career record. He needed nine coming into the game. What did he get? Two and a half, three and a half, something like that. Three and, three uh, and a half. Uh, so he four, was, uh, I don't know. He was amazing out there on Saturday. I thought Pete Warner did a good job of covering, too. They clearly wanted to try that matchup early on. And Pete Warner, you know, he won some, he lost some, but he certainly didn't lose bad uh, against Fryermuth, who's. One of the better tight ends in the country. You know what he did, though, Bruce? He limited any any yards after catch. Yeah, yeah. That, and and that's winning for me. Mm-hmm. When when Fryermuth has seven catches for twenty yards or whatever yeah. it was, I mean yeah. that's winning, and that's I think that's the value of, of Pete Warner. So it's just uh, it's it's fun. And I tell you, Justin Fields made some clutch throws, Ooh. and and uh, the catch that Alave made is you know it's just a superior athlete yep. winning that battle. Yep. And the, the throw who was it? The KJ KJ Hill. Hill. I thought the throw to Alave initially was not a good throw. I thought the Penn State kid. It's a little underthrown. Yeah. But then I looked at it again, and he didn't have a play on it. It was a really good throw. Yeah. It was high where Alave had to go up and get it. And yeah. you know, look, I know you can't say aside from the fumbles. 
Justin Fields played a really good game on Saturday. It was an atypical game for him in that he turned the football over twice. He had lost two fumbles and thrown one interception all season. So I don't think you can... I don't think you should feel like Justin Fields has a turnover problem. No. But I wonder, Saturday, is the game more encouraging for Ohio State or more discouraging for Ohio State because it was the first time that they did have turnover What do you think? I think it's more encouraging because I I. think you wanted to face adversity, and you did. Look, I mean, it's not the ultimate adversity. You weren't on the road. You weren't behind, but you still were like, oh, whoa, okay, so not everything goes well for us all the time. Well, I'm not surprised because every kid besides Justin Fields has been in that position. Yes. Correct? Yes. And he's the only one that anybody had a question, and that's just because he wasn't given the opportunity and he was given an opportunity, and I do think he learned some valuable lessons because of the athlete that Penn State has on defense. They're going to face similar athletes that are skilled enough to go after that football, Bruce, and especially down mm-hmm. in the goal line and red zone. And I hear this every week in the NFL about quarterbacks protecting the football with two hands on it, and especially when you're going to take contact, that Justin really has to be aware of those guys are skilled enough and taught to come after the football. So... I'm assuming he's going to improve on that. Okay, now you said earlier in the podcast that Michigan's coaches are not dumb. Uh, I would say uh, that I agree with you in principle, but last year their defensive strategy against Ohio State was really dumb. To think they could man up Ohio State's receivers going across the field and Paris Campbell had anything he wanted, almost 200 yards receiving. Ohio State threw six touchdown passes. Uh Urban Meyer a few weeks ago with Charles Woodson prior to their Michigan State game said that Michigan has changed its defensive coverage. They're playing more quarters coverage, more yeah. too deep coverage, more basically just more zone concepts, right. which what Ohio State has done this year to eliminate some big plays in the secondary. But I still don't believe Michigan has the depth in the secondary and the pass rush and all the things you need defensively to hold this Ohio State team down. I think it's going to have to be another game where Ohio State turns the football over or has a bunch of penalties to give Michigan a chance. I, yeah, I I'm not going to argue with you. I'm I'm just saying that it's they're capable. Michigan is now capable of that type of game, and they learned last year that you can't man Ohio State up. As and the other problem is if you try to man Ohio State up, the difference between Ohio State this year and last year is that you got a quarterback that can go 80 yards if he wants to if you're in man coverage. So um, I I agree with you. Uh, turnovers. Michigan probably has to be plus two in turnovers and crucial penalties in crucial times for Ohio State. That's Nullify how, big plays. Yeah, exactly. Give Michigan a first down on right. a third and unmanageable, something like that. Yeah, those are things that could, could happen. Could. I don't think they will, but they could happen. But it's it's. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm more excited for it this year or this time of the year than I was at the beginning of the year because I thought, oh my gosh, what is this team up here that I'm yeah. watching? Yeah, they just got housed by Wisconsin. But they're. I mean, they're they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, which I'm I'm happy to see. They really are. I, I just think it's a. How staunch is that chip? If Ohio State yeah. lands the first blow on Saturday, I think it's an enormous temptation. For Michigan to be like, oh, man, here we go again. And these guys are too good. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, you mentioned Justin Fields running, and it's J.K. Dobbins running, and this is why I don't believe Michigan can beat them because I don't think they can protect Shea Patterson for him to get back there and sit and wait for Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones to come open down the field. Okay, so if they had a running game, which they don't, yeah. 
that would be one thing. If Shea Patterson could really, really hurt you with his legs, he can keep the uh, chains moving. <laughs> he can keep the chains moving, but he's not Justin Fields. Shea Patterson's not going to go 50 yards for a touchdown on you. So I just okay. don't think they have anything. Could you envision a game plan where Michigan throws short a lot to keep the ball? That's Ohio State's defensive strategy. Jeff Halfley said it last week. Uh, we're going to make, and Devin McCourty said it last night with the Patriots, we're going to make you go 12 plays right. to beat us. And I just can't see Michigan doing that, what, five times in the game? Because Ohio State is going to score points. You see them holding Ohio State under 20? I don't. No. no. I think I think best case scenario for Michigan is Ohio State scores in the mid-20s. So Michigan's going to have to put the ball in the end zone three or four times. Quinn Nordine, who's very unreliable as a field goal kicker, is going to have to make two or three field goals. If they're going to win this game, Michigan, they're going to have to score 28 or more points. And I just can't see them doing it given the fact that they can't run it and protecting Patterson for yeah. deep throws is a problem. I don't see them doing it. I think, though, that potentially, athletically, they can do it. If everything goes right, if Shea Patterson plays his best game, and he's playing his best football, in my opinion, he's playing much better now than he did at the beginning of the year. You agree with that, correct? I do agree with that. Peoples-Jones, and what's number seven's name? You know number, uh, the other receiver? Nico Collins? The one, uh, Ronnie, no, Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell's eight, Nico Collins is seven. or yeah, something. Nico Collins had three touchdowns. Those guys, Saturday. all those guys are really good players yeah. in difficult matchups. I and mean, their tight end's good. And this their is, this is I mean, this is the uh, most athletic team skill position-wise that Ohio State will play, right? And I think the offensive line is much improved. I really like that center. I think he's a really athletic center that can get around and do some things, and I, I I agree with you, Bruce, but it's the Michigan game. And just from my experience in, in playing in it, strange things happen. And guys usually, not last year, but usually uh, everybody plays their best game. And for all those with uh, that want to know what it's like to play in Michigan, and I said this on the air actually on a broadcast yesterday because we were promoting Ohio State, Michigan, mm -hmm. and it's – it was always the, the hardest-hitting game, and people told me that when I first got to Ohio State. What are you talking about? All football is hard-hitting. Mm -hmm. There was just something extra in that game, but it was always a clean game for the most part that I played in. Mm -hmm. Now I know there's been little tiffs here and yep. there, but I think there's great respect for for the two programs. And, and look, I'm just paranoid. I'm a coach's son, so I have that coach's brain a little bit. You know, I'm just paranoid by nature. And I have respect for Jim Harbaugh. I think he knows what he's doing, and we'll see. And I think the quarterback makes me nervous. I'm just telling you. I'm just getting the feeling that I'm watching Michigan and Indiana in a Thompson Hotel in downtown Chicago, and I'm getting nervous. But a little bit, that's just the coach's son in me. That's right. We'll get to uh, that uh, lineage in just a second. First, I failed to remind you that the uh, Justin Hilliard interception is your Flashes of Fun picture perfect play of the day. Flashes of Fun will take your senior pictures, your family Christmas card pictures, any pictures. They'll uh, even work with your pets. Flashesofun.com. Book it online. Save $50. You'll save thousands on uh, relative to what you'd pay for a studio session with uh, another photographer. Flashes of Fun. Their pictures used over 2 million times worldwide on Unsplashed, so dial them up. Well, I guess click them up. Flashes O, no F, flashes O, fun. 
Coaches.com. Speaking of being a coach's son, um, Sonny Spielman is the reason why uh, you didn't play on the other side of this rivalry. And Bo Schembechler came very close to convincing you that you wanted to be the uh, contrarian and go play for Michigan. So since Bo Schembechler is, like yourself, a Stark County guy. uh, Summit County, actually. Summit? Oh, Barberton. Barberton's in Summit County? Okay. Northeast Ohio guy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Why don't you, uh, since it's been, this is a 50-year anniversary of the epic Michigan upset of Ohio State in 1969, Bo's first year. Uh, why don't you uh, share a little bit of your uh, past associations with uh, Bo Schembechler? <laughs> um, well, first of all, we, we hit it right off. And when I went on my official visit, they, they had a kid and his parents in his room and Jim Herman. who was In Bo's long, office. In Bo's office, yeah. Thank you. In Bo's office. And Jim Herman was my coach that was showing me around and went into the room and said, uh, Chris is here. <laughs> He wrapped up that meeting really fast with that kid and his parents. Okay, thanks. See you yeah, later. Yeah. So, and I thought, wow, that was really cool, you know. And uh, and just I had a connection with Coach Jim Beckler because I, I, you know, he just had that way. Just maybe he reminded me of my father. I I don't know. There was just that connection. And now I'm kind of surprised you know, your dad and Bo. I would assume they had a connection too. Same they did. Kind of guy, he had a right? lot of respect for Bo. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And. um so we came home, and I said, Dad, I really like Michigan. Yeah, that's great. And my dad, and I've said this story so many times, but it's it's one that I think some people probably haven't heard. I visited UCLA, Penn State, Miami, Florida, Ohio State, Michigan. You were allowed five official visits back then. And and I told my dad uh, on the night before signing, I said, Dad, you know, I really like Coach Shem Beckler, and, you know, it's a chance for me to be different. This is all the things that Bo brainwashed me yeah. with. and. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I want to go to Michigan. And he said, yeah, you, you do. That's where you want to go. I'll tell you where you're going, you little traitor. You're going to Ohio State, and that's the end of the story. And if you go to Michigan, don't ever come home. And uh, he was right. It was the uh, best decision that he's made for me. And that wisdom I uh, passed on to my children when I tell them frequently, not as much anymore, but when they were younger, you're not old enough to make that decision. I'll make it for you. So uh, it worked out great, and I had a wonderful experience. And I've had a good relationship with the University of Michigan, Bruce, and um, when I was playing for the Lions, and Jim Herman was defense coordinator at one time. Coach Muller and Coach Carr were the coach mm-hmm. there when I was playing, and uh, I would go, and, uh, and Coach uh, Schembechler was there. I'd go over and talk to the linebackers and, and help them and say, okay, you might want to try this or watch film with them, and try to get them better. I mean, that's that's just a respect that I had for Michigan. Not that I didn't want to beat them more than anything in the world, mm-hmm. but I've always had great respect for great programs and great, you know that, with great programs and great players. Okay, so you mentioned Gary Moeller, Lloyd Carr. They were Bo disciples. The Michigan people thought on December the 30th, 2014, when Jim Harbaugh was introduced, that they were getting back to their roots. We talked before about the key for a college football coach is to find – Right the there, perfect yeah. guy for your university. Mark D'Antonio is that at Michigan State. Paul Christ is that at Wisconsin. Urban was that at Ohio State. Uh, Ryan's a little bit different, but I think Ryan is obviously that at Ohio State now. Harbaugh was going to be that. 
And if you'd have told me then that he'd go four years and he would never beat Ohio State, I would have thought, eh, two, I'd say, yeah, and by year three, he'll have yeah. it going. He'll have a quarterback. He'll have his Michigan version of Andrew Luck. He'll have his Michigan version of Toby Gerhardt. He'll have a big, strong, nasty offensive line. He'll over he'll he'll out scheme you with, you know, six, seven offensive linemen on the field at a yeah. time. They'll get back to old school football, double tight end, and and he'll probably, you know, hold his own in this rivalry. He has not. He's 0-4. No Michigan coach has ever been 0 and 5. So he can make history. It's not the history that people envisioned when he came there. Ohio State did something to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh that I thought couldn't be done. They took him and made him an exclusive spread football coach. Yeah. And took the play calling out of Jim Harbaugh's hands. Yeah. I thought that could never be done. And, you know, Jim is not a stranger to the spread. Of course, he ran that with Colin Kaepernick when he was in San Francisco yep. and had great success with it. Yes, he did. In the NFL. And so, but I knew that he would always go back to his roots, in which he tried to do in Michigan, and it wasn't working. So I believe Jim made the decision and said to himself, I can beat everybody else my way in the Big Ten, but I can't beat Ohio State my way mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. So the only way that I can beat or compete with Ohio State is to become Ohio State offensively. And I believe that's the type of kid that they're going to continue to recruit a quarterback. And because of the straight dropback, pure quarterback, you can't find them in high school anymore, Bruce. They're, 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 they're less and less. We're seeing these great athletes that are putting up these numbers, and all these high school kids are running – spread offenses that are similar. And it's similar to what the, the best thing the Arizona Cardinals did. Now, I know they're 3-7-1. and one. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. But Kyler Murray's playing at a pretty high did level. Did you see the graphic I retweeted yesterday where Kyler Murray's numbers are almost exactly the same as Tom Brady's? Exactly. Yeah. But the best yeah, – I know. I'm, I'm not surprised because I've done two Cardinal games and I know what kind of player it is. But the best thing that Cliff Kingsbury did was went to Oklahoma – got all the Oklahoma terminology from Lincoln Riley and implemented that into the offense. So Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray knows the offense as well as anybody. So his learning curve was expedited and cut down because terminology-wise and and schematically, he knew what was going on. And plus, he's a really skilled football player, and he's going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in this league before it's all said and done. So still, if Harbaugh Harbaugh made Colin Kaepernick, uh, years ago people would have thought, when he was stepped in there for Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick's going to be a franchise quarterback, San Francisco 49ers for a long time. So it's not like Jim Harbaugh doesn't know how to recruit, coach, develop a spread quarterback. But as I look across the board, and we've mentioned this many times, I'm stunned he hasn't built that kind of an offensive line that I envision. I'm stunned he has never been able to find a, a stud tailback. Karan Higdon was second team all Big Ten last year, but Ohio State has had... Zeke and Dobbins and um, probably and Mike Weber was a thousand yard back. So I, uh, Ohio I, State has had you know JT Barrett first team quarterback, Dwayne Haskins first team quarterback, Justin Fields is going to be the first team quarterback. I I wrote about this for SI.com today when Harbaugh was introduced. He was walking up to the podium, you know, full of vim and vigor. He, he walks up to the podium. He tripped over a TV cord. And he didn't fall, but he got up on the stage and he said, you know, in his self-deprecating, quirky way, he said, did anybody see that? I tripped, I tripped on the way in. And everybody was kind of like, ha, ha, ha. And he goes, a lesser athlete would have gone down. 
which is a, is a funny comment. Yeah, But right. it's telling in that, to me, the reason Ohio State has dominated them is because of exactly that, lesser athletes. They don't have the athletes across the board. They don't have a Zeke. They, they don't have enough Zekes. They don't have enough Malik Hookers. They don't have enough Curtis Samuels. They don't have enough Justin Fields and all these other guys, Okudas. They don't have enough of them yet. And I'm stunned he has not engaged, particularly in this era where Ohio State doesn't recruit Ohio like it used to. I'm surprised he has not made inroads in the state of Ohio. I thought he would fight the battle on the shore nearest Ann Arbor, yeah. and he doesn't. I don't know what his philosophy is. He leaves it to D'Antonio to take the decent kids out of Ohio that Ohio State won't take. <sighs> well, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to say this about, about uh, your fact about not having enough. We talked about that at the beginning of the year because when you look at Ohio State, what do you see? You see first-round draft picks everywhere. Just and one word that comes to me with Ohio State. Speed. Well, yeah, that, everything yeah. they do is and depth, hyper speed, yeah, and, and and depth, and you and I, I think they're getting closer. They're closer now than they were in the beginning of the year, and you know some of those kids got healthy, which were were injured. But you're right; they don't have enough. In uh, uh, hopefully, for the sake of Michigan and the sake of the rivalry, he'll start recruiting that, and I think they will because I think you're going to start seeing. One of these great athletic quarterbacks, whoever that may be in high school, is going to all of a sudden say, okay, now I can put Michigan on my radar because they are committed to running that spread full-time. I had three benchmarks in mind when he came to Michigan that would tell me the rivalry was moving from utter domination by Ohio State back to where it is at its best, even though it's painful, is when you go into the game not knowing who's going to win. The three benchmarks were... He engages Ohio State on an Ohio recruit that Ohio State really wants, and he gets that recruit. That hasn't happened. No. I thought another benchmark Maybe would be— Maybe one or two kids, but Another not. benchmark would be he wins a game against Ohio State. That has not happened. And then the other benchmark was when I thought, okay, now I know he's really arrived, is when he wins in Columbus. And that, of course, has not happened. So none of the three has he achieved so far. Now, I want to be uh, careful to note to all Ohio State fans and to all Michigan fans who may be listening to this— I still think he's done a great job at Michigan. I really do. From what he inherited, he walked in when Urban was just <laughs> crushing it at Ohio State. But it is fair to note, Bo walked in when Woody was crushing it at Ohio State. And Bo got it done. He got it done the first year. So um, I, think, I don't think Michigan can find a better coach than Jim Harbaugh right now. Uh, maybe the Josh Gaddis spread thing is going to work. I don't think those are instant answers. I think maybe they might be a little bit away. Maybe, you know, we've talked about Ryan's going to have a harder time maintaining than he did building. But, uh, man, five in a row, and if it gets to six in a row. Um, I don't think he's going to have a harder time maintaining. You don't? No. I think it's a challenge maintaining as opposed to building. I don't think he's going to have a harder time maintaining because he's got the advantage of harder the time. brand of Ohio State and I, the brand of the NFL. I think Ohio he's going to State. have a harder time maintaining than he than he would have building to this point. Like his, it was built for him. It was handed to him, built. Okay, hmm. so he didn't have to build it. So the effort he put into building it was whatever effort he expended as an assistant coach, which it's always about the head coach when you're building. So that's what I mean is maintaining. I think these guys this year, you've got your fifth-year seniors, a ton of them. 
You had 26 seniors. They remember the urban way. They remember life under urban. Now they got it under Ryan, and Ryan leads differently. And I think it's, as I've said before, a breath of fresh air in the facility. And that's kind of leaked out throughout the season. We played the Jay Sean Cornell comments. Other people have referred to that. There was a story on SI.com this week, not by me, but by someone else about how Ryan, the players respond to Ryan. Once those guys who knew the old way get out of the program, that's what I mean by saying it'll be hard to maintain. So you're saying the guys, the old guys in the program are... Uh, they're grateful for it because it's different. Okay. They're treated differently. I would say that they're so disciplined and trained that they can handle... And that's, and and that's a credit to Ryan. That. Yeah. And that's a credit to Ryan and his staff. Why is that a credit to Ryan? Because Ryan preaches that every single day, and I think What's he's he got preach his finger every day? on the what pulse. What are you talking about? Toughness and discipline and don't what get fat-headed What Urban preach every that. day? Uh, I think Urban preached every day, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. And that's why those kids responded to that. Yeah, okay. I've land Robert Landers, I'll have to find the comments here. Uh, from Robert what, I don't care what Robert well, he's Landers a fifth year, said. He's a senior. What are you talking about? You don't care what he said. His right. comments have got to be relevant. He lived through both guys. All, all I'm saying is that Urban raised the standard so high and that Ryan reaps the benefits of that standard. You'd agree with that? No doubt. Absolutely okay. true. So he reaps the benefit of that standard. I'm saying it's going to be easy to maintain that standard because of one thing, the great success that they have in competing for national championships and playoff runs and Big Ten championships, and every high school kid that is recruited by Ohio State that's good enough to play for Ohio State thinks he's going to the NFL, and there's no greater training ground for the NFL than the Ohio State University. Yes, that's true. Uh, and, and I've said before, I'm just trying to answer the question how Ryan's different than Urban. I'm not saying Urban's way didn't work. I've always, what did I say? He's the greatest coach Ohio State's ever had. Um, and a lot of people don't like that because they want to think Woody's the best coach. No, ever he's, had. yeah. But Urban's by far the best coach they've ever had. I'm just saying his methods and Urban's methods are different. And I'm trying to do two things at once here. And I'm, Go ahead. I'm having a hard time finding what I'm looking for. But trust me, I read it yesterday. I didn't invent it out of thin air. <laughs> Um, here we go. Yeah. He has a similar, this is Robert Landers. Talking. All right, here we go. He has a similar intensity, meaning Ryan to Urban Meyer, uh -huh. but his, Ryan's personality and his aura are more laid back and chill. Right. You can see how Coach Day has taken attributes he's learned and implemented those and is intertwining them with who he is. They're completely different people, but their mentality and mindset are the same. So how it, their mentality and mindset are the same, but how it plays out in relation to players is different. I mean, you can read into that what you want to read into that. I don't know what, how to interpret that. He's calm but in, intense, demanding. Have I and not told you the personable? Off, have I not told you the off-the-record story of the conversation I had with a player who said, "If you ever tell anybody who said this, I'll." Urban's disowned. Urban was tough to play for, but he got the yes, best out of guys. That's true. So we'll see if Ryan's method did. continues on because I'm saying that because. Ryan inherited guys that have been through it not only physically but mentally and been honed in in, in uh, what iron sharpens iron, right? Yep. And <laughs> Would you take the words of Mickey Marotti? Sure. Mickey Marotti tells SI. He's calm, Ryan Day, mm -hmm. but intense, demanding, but personable. Uh, Coach Meyer was probably more of an old-school approach, right. and Ryan is probably a little more new-school approach. The times are different. It's hard to describe. 
Yeah. What Mickey Murray didn't say is because I'm buddies with Urban and I don't want to say anything to make Urban mad. No, wait, that's not true. That's true. That's what do true. you mean? He's following him all over the country. Of course he's buddies with him. No, of course he's buddies with him. But what you're saying, that's not true. Kinder, gentler. I've said fresh breeze. Why are huh. you, you just, what, does Urban call you and tell you, hey, you got to defend me on the podcast? No. Why would he call me? I say what I, I believe know. on a broadcast. I, he's the greatest coach Ohio State's ever had, and all I've said yeah. is, yeah. Well, every, Ryan, I've everybody said wants to be coddled now. No, everybody wants to be coddled. Ryan Day does not coddle this team. He I mean, it's like team. Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy giving each I other hugs the on the hug. sidelines. I it's it's the constant. Love. Yeah, I, I mean that, that's what we live in. What do you want? Whispering in Matt and in, in Mitchell Trubisky's ear. It was so tender. And then Mitchell lowered his head on the goal line and got in there, and the Bears won the game. Yeah. See that too. love spiels just made Mitchell Trubisky yeah, a love, tougher love, person. Yeah, made you know, him a tougher guy. Why don't you do everybody a favor? Pack up your family, move to a commune out in, in Utah. Okay? <laughs> love may, and happiness. What may, happened to the old Bruce Hooley? We may have to sometimes. We may have to. If we hit that this, faith thing too hard thing. at the end, we may have here's to sometime. The, here's the thing with you. This You've got you completely done a 180, dude. You've completely I like, 180. I like oh Ryan gosh. Day, and now you're not allowing me to like Ryan Day's methods. What is wrong with you? You're, you're always soft. on me, like, oh, you got to give these coaches a break. So I you're finally soft. find a football coach that I really, really like. <laughs> and and you, by the way, methods. your love affair with Jeff Halfley's yeah. God. I mean, what I'm reading, what you're writing, oh my. People, am I not all in on Halfley? Oh am I not God. all in on your sitch? Am I not all in on Ryan Day? And now you're trying to talk me off of can that. We, can we just. I love Jeff Halfley. I think he's a great coach, but. Before we go all in and, and already name him, yeah, I should be a home run hire for Penn State. Home run hire. Can we let the guy coordinate a defense for more <laughs> or at least one year? And by the way, he's inherited about four or five first-round picks and who knows, God knows how many other NFL players on this defense. Can we just calm the Jets a little bit? Somebody that I was doing a podcast with earlier this year going by your name was extolling the improvement in Jeff Okuda, who I believe is coached by Jeff Halfley. So what's with the Jeff ha with you having a problem with me saying Jeff Halfley is a superstar? I I I think he's a superstar, but can we, can we just, you know, no, I will a not pump of, the brakes. I will not pump the brakes on Jeff right. Halfley. We'll have your. Um, it's just I'm full speed it's, accelerator it's, it's, the floorboard little, on Jeff Halfley. It's a little embarrassing. All I said <laughs> yesterday on Twitter was every this is dollar, unbelievable. Every dollar you're going to give Greg Schiano Rutgers, you'd be smarter to give it to Jeff Halfley. But Jeff Halfley, but Jeff Halfley can get a much better job than Rutgers. And yeah. I said unless Penn State gets Matt Rule to replace James Franklin, who's going to USC, then they would do well to hire Jeff Halfley. I just want to see them um, removed from the incredible talent that Coach Meyer has gotten over the years. Well, they're not, their recruiting and class they is number four in the country for next to year. Do that. So they're treading water. They're keeping their I don't care above the ocean. how many stars come in with the recruiting class. I want to see what they do on the field. Fair so point. only time can answer that question. You may be right or you may be wrong, but I've never seen a turnaround in a love affair for for Ohio State Quicker than this one has been for you. It's unbelievable. You, it's, you've it's, been it's, waiting. I've been to waiting. See it yes, for 15 years, and now it's here, and you can't accept it. I can't accept it. What's wrong with me? Maybe I have the problem. Maybe. Uh, okay, before we move on to the brownies and the Bengals, I gotta ask you. You might have been flying. 
What is Jason Garrett thinking yesterday at the end of the game with New England? There's six minutes left in a game. It's raining, raining, raining sideways. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Do you know the scenario I'm talking about? Yeah, I should about? have gone for the touchdown. Fourth Absolutely. and whatever yeah. down at like, what were they, like at the 10, 15-yard yeah. line? And they're down 13-6, to six, and he kicked a field goal, which, by the way, when you get the ball back, you're still going to need a touchdown to win the game. I have no clue... He thought, oh, I got three timeouts left and whatever. I haven't scored a touchdown the whole game, but I'm going to score one on the last possession. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know. I, I think Jason Garrett's response was that the sheet told me to go. Did he say that? Because I said he would say that after the game on the on the Twitter. Oh, that I was said, you that, that said that? That was me. I said, if he says the sheet told him to uh, go for it, then I want to see the sheet. I don't know. I, I think uh, Jerry Jones wasn't pleased after the game. And with his coaching staff. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I just wondered if I'd missed something. There. No, I, I, it's a gut thing and an instinct thing. And, and I know for Cliff Kingsbury, for example, because I've actually had this discussion with him on fourth downs, uh, it's based off of analytics on what guys decide to do and, and, and also instinct. So I don't know which one won that battle with Garrett, but, I mean, I'm with you, Bruce. I think you're down there. Points are tough to come by. I think you take your shot, absolutely. Uh, the uh, Bengals have taken their shot with Ryan Finley, and nobody's happy with what they have seen. Uh, they can, can they go back to Andy Dalton? I mean, they you play Ryan Finley to get the answer. The answer is he's not the answer. Oh. Can you go back to Andy Dalton? Oh, at what point now? You're 0-11. 0-11. I mean, now you if, if And you if you're Andy and, Dalton, I mean, yeah. like... In, well, you got to play. You're a competitor. Yeah, you're, you got to play, but you're a competitor. But do you want to play? Because, you know, Andy Dalton's looking around and thinking that somebody might need a starting quarterback next year. And, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not completely incompetent. I think Andy Dalton, surrounded with good players, can be more than a competent quarterback mm -hmm. in this league. Yeah. So Everything else is around him is good. I, I'm not sure that, I mean, Andy would go back and play because he, you're right, Bruce, he is a, a competitor mm -hmm. and, and, you know, he wants to win, <laughs> but... I mean, deep down, or somebody that's close to him, hey, you might not want to go back in yeah. there, buddy. We were, well, we AJ Green's not exactly yeah. breaking his back to get out there, is he? <laughs> <laughs> AJ's yeah. ready every week. Oh, Saturday night. No, I'm not quite ready yet. Okay. How about your brownies, man? You How back about on them? You back on them? How about them? No, I'm not back on Why? them. Why? Uh, well, let's play the question to Baker Mayfield. Now, I think he may not have had any escape route here. But the question is about, uh, well, you'll hear the question and Baker Mayfield's response. Hey, Baker, with uh, the adversity you guys um, have been facing, on Wednesday you were asked if you, if you thought that would um, help you guys come closer together, and you said we'll see Sunday. So what's your evaluation now that you've seen it? Um, no, I think we did. I think we came together as a team. Obviously, you know, I said earlier, the defense played great, you know, and so a bunch of guys got some playing time that weren't normally getting playing time and stepped up and made plays for us. Obviously, Joe had another great game, um, and so they just keep making plays, uh, and that's great for this team overall. Okay, so um, he, was, he was baited into that. Yeah, we came together. Um, you beat a two-win team from a warm-weather climate right. at home – Handily. Falling asleep in the third quarter, letting a 28 nothing lead get to 28-17. I would have rather he said, you know, we got a lot of stuff to clean up in that, and we're not even a 500 team yet, but let's not, you know, let's not congratulate ourselves too much on beating the Miami Dolphins well, at home. 
But okay, Landry caught a TD. Beckham caught a TD. Landry they jumped on him early. Game. Well, I mean, they each yeah. caught one in the game for the yeah. first time this season. Yeah, Landry had a big. Uh, here's the most encouraging thing: Jarvis Landry had a big game where he could have posed and preened and stomped around and got a bunch of penalties against his former team, and he didn't. So yeah. maybe there's some degree of maturity coming there. We'll see Sunday because they play the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. And Jay Glazer, your colleague at Fox, reported last night that the league is going to be on the phone today to the Steelers and the Browns saying, we're watching you, yeah. and there better not be any nonsense I don't on think there will Sunday. be. I mean, I, I think guys move on, and, and they find 33 guys from mm-hmm. both teams. And I thought the Browns responded well. Actually, I'm encouraged, and they're going to beat Pittsburgh. I really believe that. I think they're going to... Uh, you don't I, think I, Devlin Hodges can get her done? Not, not, not fearing Devlin Hodges. How about Joe Schobert, first linebacker and. I, maybe in a, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know if he's the first one in history, but back-to-back uh, games with two or more or interceptions in each game. And you liked him a long time ago. Yeah, I was he, uh, he, not. A, I was not all in on him. So you. Uh, well, he's just shockingly been, no linebacker. He's he's been a he's instinctive and he makes plays. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the thing. I mean, that's not hard to figure out and watch guys that mm-hmm. are instinctive and and make plays. But uh, the the schedule is very favorable for mm-hmm. the Browns, right? Pittsburgh, then they have still, don't they have the Bengals twice? They have the Bengals twice. So that's two wins. Danger game at Arizona. Yeah, that, that is a danger game. Arizona defensively is uh, nothing scary. But uh, I, I look at the Browns and what are they now? Six and five and six. Five and six. Ten and six is uh, certainly possible. And if you're talking ten and six with the uh, AFC they're certainly fighting for a, a playoff berth, in, in my opinion. Well, now you're conflicted because they do have the immortal Lamar Jackson coming into Cleveland mm. on December the 27th. Well, no, they're not going to beat Lamar. They're not going to beat the MVP, the guy that has set the new standard of what quarterback plays in the NFL. At Steelers, Bengals at home, at Cardinals, Ravens at home, at Bengals. Well, who do you think love is more intense, my love for Lamar Jackson or your love for Jeff Halfley? Your love for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> By far more intense. My love is more sus- sustainable than yours. <laughs> Jeff Halfley will deliver That's on very expectations. Funny. That's very funny. Mar Jackson will not deliver on expectations. You're crazy dude. Are you? Maybe you're not watching him play. I don't Have watch you watched him, him play? I Have you seen him. some of the things that he's done? Yeah. Or are you just not? No, I've seen him. I saw RG three. Well, too. you couldn't. RG3 is not Lamar Jackson. Not even close to what Lamar Jackson's doing. Yeah, because RG3 was rookie of the year. He was ready right away. He's not Lamar Jackson. Okay, we'll see. All right. All right. Lamar uh, Jackson, better athlete than RG3. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, yeah, probably so. Although, Lamar, uh, Robert Griffin III was an Olympic hurdler. It's not saying he's, that doesn't take the greatness. Strength. Better athlete on the yeah. football field, Strength. is yes. that better I for you? That, okay. Yes. Stronger can take it, actually can take a hit on a football field. Yeah. Okay, my man. Uh, Sunday on the road. How do you uh, how do you maintain a faith posture on the road where you're not able to be in your uh, home church of choice and uh, take people through your routine on the road? Well, there's, a, I guess, a good thing. One of the advantages of Catholic Church, whatever city you're in, there's one about a mile away. And the other advantage that a Catholic church offers is that they have uh, mass every day at various times, usually early in the morning for people to go that go to work. And so I can always find one. And I either go Friday morning or Saturday afternoon, depending on, on the schedule. And the other thing is, you know, I, I do scriptures every morning. So it's just a, a it's, it's all about discipline. It's all about 
exercising your yourself, exercising your spiritual life, your your mental life, of course, which I try to do with in my job. That's certainly a challenge mentally. Challenge yourself spiritually, then I challenge myself physically, and so gets to be a grind at times, but you know, it's, if you're disciplined, you do it and you find a way to do it. I know you do it in the mornings and people do certain things in the mornings. It's just a getting into that groove and routine and it's about setting it as a priority in your life. And if you set it as a priority in your life and you live to that priority, then you can make it work. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. I'm on board with that as well. And the times I haven't made it a priority, uh, it's easy to drift and it's easy to get lazy. Uh, our review of the day comes from Jeremy in Painesville. He says, Chris is my favorite Buckeye of all time. And Bruce has been a favorite of mine since his time at the PD and ESPN 850. Great conversation and insight about the Buckeyes and Browns. Their faith-based portion of the podcast has become my favorite and must listen. I'm always looking for something to think about in terms of faith in God, and they deliver each podcast. Thank you, Chris and Bruce. Keep it going. Yeah, thank you very much. And we thank you, too, for patronizing our sponsors. Stover Farms Custom Meats, uh, giving you a free pound of hamburger for every pound you buy right now. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, and you missed the opportunity to get a turkey from Stover Farms Custom Meats, but they are taking orders right now for Thanksgiving or for uh, Christmas turkeys. And um, someone told me yesterday at church that they placed an order for a Christmas turkey from Stover Farms. So uh, he also loaded up on uh, four pounds of burger and got eight pounds. So you pay for a pound, you get a pound free. Stover Farms Custom Meats, 4000 Presidential Parkway in Powell. And that's uh, east of the highway. Big sign, easy to find. Cade Stover, of course, is a Buckeye. He's Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. But uh, we do not, I repeat, do not guarantee that your son or daughter will become <laughs> first-team All-State if you eat uh, Stover Farms Custom Eats. But it can't hurt. It absolutely cannot hurt. Uh, what do you have to fo- share with the folks today? Well, I was hoping you, know, you had something today. Okay, I can, I can uh, share something today. I had an email from somebody who wanted to respond to your story about the power bars okay in uh i actually gave one away in chicago and the guy was very grateful yeah that was cool that's neat okay so here is uh tony who uh sent an email about your story you were in san francisco and you went out and gave power bars tried to give power bars to the homeless he said chris don't feel bad about the lack of gratitude by the homeless for your offer of the power bars remember that out of the 10 lepers that jesus cured only one came back to thank him he says, I used to take a harder view of the homeless in my younger days, but a priest pointed out to me that that could be Jesus hiding in a distressing yeah. disguise. Taking that in view of how Jesus' earthly life was from birth to death, uh, said, uh, well, he's right. I did not cut yeah. him or his family any slack. He's talking about he grew up kind of in, a, in a, right. impoverished. He says, it certainly softened my stance and changed my perspective. I know that sometimes it's difficult for me to hand over money because it might be used for alcohol, drugs, et cetera. Right. But I try to remember Matthew twenty five forty five. He will answer them. Uh, Amen. I say to you, what you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not sure. do for me. He says, keep up the great work. Have sure. a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. He's right. And, you know, I was discouraged at first. But remember, I, I, I did say I realized, okay, obviously there's there's issues mentally going on here. And he's exactly right. And as I've gotten older, I think uh, my stance has softened. And one of the things a, a, a friend of mine told me that I was in a Bible study with, this this was a non-denominational Bible study, which is our fun to participate in too, just to hear some different mm-hmm. views and stuff. And and he talked about getting uh, like gift certificates from restaurants, whether it's McDonald's or Tim Hortons or whatever. And instead of handing money, carry those in your car 
and offer those. And so that, yeah, that, that kind of gets us. Yeah. Kind of gets away from the, uh, you know, worried about them maybe taking that money and spending it on drugs or alcohol yeah. to do more harm to themselves. So that's a, another lesson that hopefully people can learn. But this this guy in Chicago was really grateful. I mean, he he said, thank you. Thank you so much. That's and, awesome. And so, yeah, and uh, I, I was, I, 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 I didn't want to come across as judgmental. I was just more, f- and I think back on that um, thing with in San Francisco, I think I was just more frustrated because I wanted to help and nobody in he didn't they didn't want my help mm-hmm. and I was more frustrated that I couldn't be of a help as opposed to thinking oh this guy's a oh, whack job crazy person homeless person I don't think that anymore I just because I know that that's a uh, you know most of the I, I would think close to the majority of the homeless there's mental issues going on yeah. in, in this country so. uh, what i'd have for people today and we want to thank west jeff plumbing and heating for sponsoring the faith portion of the podcast west jefferson plumbing and heating services all of central ohio uh you can uh, get them via the phone 614-879-9606 their website westjeffplumbingandheating.com they feature Lennox high-efficiency products, geothermal heating, heat pumps, all kinds of heating. They can fix uh, any, con- uh, you know, uh, vexing heating or cooling issue in your home. You have a room where you can't get duct work. Uh, there are units that will service those rooms, and West Jeff specializes in uh, being a problem solver, whether it's plumbing or whether it's heating. Lennox high-efficiency products, the way to go. West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating, 614-879-9606. Rather than get into a, a hard uh, core scriptural study today, I want to build on something you'd said about you get in the word and the discipline of getting in the word right. and, and all that. And I think we have a lot of guys and a lot of people who email us and say, we really appreciate the faith portion of the podcast. And maybe they've acted upon that and they're reading the Bible. I have come across uh, a new way to pull things out of the Bible and remember them and, and hold on to them because that's really helpful to me in my life to have a, uh, recall of a scripture. And so I think there might be people who would say, well, I read the Bible, but I just, it it doesn't stick with me. So I've been exposed to this new way of studying the Bible called a four-column Bible study. Have you ever done a four-column Bible study? No, I have not. Okay, so in a four-column Bible study, you would start, let's say you're reading the Bible, and you would just have a couple verses, and you would write down in the first column, just write down the verse. Mm -hmm. Write it down, right out of the Bible. Then in the second column, you would write down it, write it down in your own words. So you sort of do the Chris Spielman version of that verse and the Bruce Hooley version of that verse. In the third column, write down what that scripture is telling you to do in your life, like for yourself. Yeah, I like that. Okay. And then in the fourth column, how that verse can help you relate to other people. I love it. So it's write the verse down in column one, write it in your own words in column two, and really put it in your own words. I heard a guy, he did the scripture... The Paul scripture where Paul goes, I fought the good fight, I've finished the race, mm-hmm. and this, that. He's, a, he's a, a, apparently was thinking in a sports realm, he said, I left it all on the field. I gave it everything I had. Right. Now, so that's the kind of, you know, writing it. Don't try to be, you know, a Bible scholar. Write it down like how it, what it means to you. Right. Then in the third column, what it can do, what, it, what, what it's telling you to do. Moving forward. Moving forward about yourself, you know, your behavior, your thoughts, your this, your that. And then in the fourth column, how you can use that then personal motivation to affect, yeah. impact, and help others. I, I, I think that's a tremendous idea. And I, I think I do that without knowing that I was doing mm-hmm. that. And I think that's because it's been part of my life for 
a period of time now. And those of you that may be a little more advanced in your faith, I, I just want to encourage him to do this, Bruce. In in a friend of mine, a broadcaster, Dave Pash, by mm-hmm. the way, great guy, uh, who um, uh, messianic Jewish person, by the way, which means he's a Jewish Christian, by birth, Jew- but he believes in it, Jesus as the yeah. Savior. Yes, really bright guy, and has tremendous knowledge on the context of the time mm-hmm. and what the message meant, and uh, just how things were told and why parables are said in certain ways and the rules of the and the regulations of the culture mm-hmm. back then. So I'd encourage you to try to educate yourself on the times that the Bible was written and some of the scrutiny and some of the challenges culturally that uh, those folks faced back then. It gives you a better understanding of what what the, what the scripture said, and especially in the Old Testament, what those guys were going yeah. through, man. It's just unbelievable. There's so. just so much uh, richness there, and don't worry about grabbing it all right away. You'll no, just, you'll grab it as you go. It's, yeah. uh, the, it's a book that, as a friend of mine, Doug says, it can change your life every time you pick it up. <laughs> That's it cool. Can. It's yep. really amazing. Uh, today is November the 25th, and uh, November the 25th is the day before my father's birthday. Uh, my father would be 93 years wow. old tomorrow. Um so this was a song we played at his memorial service. It's called The Lighthouse, and it uh, makes me think of him. But I don't need the song to think of him. I think of him every day. I think you think of Sonny sure. and many, many times Thought him day. this morning driving over here. Yeah. And guys, if you're a dad, you have that impact on your kids. So be, uh, be strong for them and uh, lead a good example. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Enjoy your week. It's, uh, Michigan Week My is underway. would be no Everybody that lives around us Says tear that lighthouse down The big ships, they don't sail by this way anymore Ain't no use, it's standing round